been wondering this last week or so more than usual about what makes a good relationship. In this time, a lot of relationships have been strained, whether that's from spending much more time together than people are accustomed to, or the opposite of being isolated from each other much more than they're accustomed to. And it's created strain on a lot of relationships especially within families. So what is it that makes a good relationship? And this is just my 33-year-old advice that I give when young people come to me and say, Father, how do I know when this is the person that I'm with is the right person to marry? And I tell them two things. What are they willing to give up for your sake? And how much are they willing to and have they shown change in their life for the good of your relationship? Now, you should do likewise in the other direction. But not so much about what they're capable of doing, but what they're capable of giving up. Not so much in what they already have as qualities, but what they're willing to grow in and work on. These become greater indicators of how a relationship will grow over time instead of stagnate. Because the danger is, I've found what I need now, but that doesn't necessarily offer what is needed for a lifetime. In the first reading today with the prophet Elisha, we see with the Shunammite woman who kind of welcomes him into her home, she doesn't just welcome him as a passing guest, but she makes the point of building a room for him, making space within her own home to welcome this stranger. She makes room in her life for Alicia. She's willing to give up something that is hers for the good of welcoming him into her life. Or it's the phrase that we know well from the mouth of Jesus, take up your cross and follow me which ties back into St. Paul talking about baptism as the death of Christ. We share in the death of Christ. What did Jesus do at his death? He gave up everything for our sake. His willingness to give up what was his, the glory of heaven, in order to welcome and draw us all into himself in love. When we welcome somebody into our home, it's not just niceties and then we send them on their way. When we really welcome someone into our home, we kind of put ourselves at the mercy of what their needs are. When we really welcome them into our home, we try to give them our best, not just what's left over. When we welcome them into our home, we don't say, you got to be out of here by 8.30 because I need to go to bed. We let them dictate what they need when they come into our home. When we really welcome them, we give up what is ours for the sake of their good. And then the need to change. It's this other line that we know from Jesus that's kind of a hard saying. The one who finds their life will lose it, and the one who loses their life will find it. The way that I see that is the one who finds their life, if you find your life, it's incompatible with living with others.
because you've created the life that you want, that you need, at the exclusion of others. That you build up for yourself, you gather for yourself what you think is needed for the flourishing of your life, and then you kind of build your fortress, and that's it. St. John Henry Newman said, to live is to change, and to be perfect is to have changed often. To be perfect is to have changed often. And we don't like change. But that's what we're called to do, primarily in relationships, is to be willing to change, which means to grow in virtue. What we give up and how we're willing to change. But then the question is, what makes a great relationship? Not just a good one, but a great one. One that flourishes and gives life. St. John Paul II, in his writings, Love and Responsibility, picks up from Aristotle, talks about three different kinds of friendship. A utilitarian friendship, a friendship based on pleasure, and a virtuous friendship. None of them are bad in themselves, but there is a hierarchy. Virtuous friendship is the ideal. Utilitarian friendship is just based on common benefit. So maybe co-workers. That might be a utilitarian. They have skills, I have skills. Together, we get a job done. We enjoy doing that work together, but at the end of the day, we go back to our separate homes, and that's it. And we're content with that. There's nothing wrong with that kind of friendship. But it's not a great friendship. A friendship based on pleasure is shared benefit, that we both get something out of this. There's some enjoyment that comes from being together. And so maybe that's a sports team. You play a sport together and enjoy that camaraderie that you have when you're playing or watching that sport. There's a mutual pleasure that comes out of shared friendship, but when you experience hardship in your life, you might not be the first person that calls to see if they can lend a hand, because it's based on the good times of life. Virtuous friendship is about working together for a common good, a common goal. That's where the sacrifice starts to be needed, what I give up and how I'm willing to change. And this is the Christian ideal of friendship. Utilitarian friendship and friendship based on pleasure, it's kind of about two people looking at each other. What can I get out of this? What in this is good for me? Sometimes that's okay. Virtuous friendship is about two people looking in the same direction and giving each other what each other needs to get to that goal. That's Christian friendship. And ultimately, that is God. That's why in everything that Jesus says that we hear more than once in the different Gospels, whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. What kind of saying is that? Jesus is saying that unless every one of our relationships as Christians is focused on the common goal of life with God, 
the relationship between us will never be what it's intended to be. It might be a good relationship, but it won't be the great relationship that God desires for us. We need to have that common goal in order to know how to give up what we need to give up and to know the way that we need to change for the sake of that goal that we're living for, for that good that we're living for. One of the highest examples of relationship and friendship in the Christian life is marriage. Marriage is striving for virtuous friendship. I tell couples sometimes in wedding homilies, talk about finding your soulmate. Kind of cliched now, but usually when you think of soulmate, the, the quote that comes is finding your counterpart in another is the quote that they use. And all that ends up being is just two people gazing at each other. And then that can end up being a relationship based on pleasure. Whatever mutual benefit we can find in this relationship, that's how we're going to sustain our life together. As long as you give me some things that give me pleasure and I give you back some things that give pleasure, then we'll be okay. But if that dies out, then I don't look like what's looking back at me and I need to find something else. Finding a soulmate is about two people looking to the same goal. That's why the church discourages, allows, but discourages marriages between a Catholic and a non-Catholic. It seems just commonplace because it happens all the time now, but there is a special permission that's needed in the church for a Catholic to marry another Christian. And there's a dispensation that's needed for a Catholic to marry a non-Christian. Because the question remains is, if you don't share that faith in God, what is your common goal in the married life? What are you living for as a couple if you don't share that common good? And it's a huge danger and it's a huge struggle. It's an added element of struggle in a relationship that's already hard if you don't share that common good. They then have to find something else that they live for. Otherwise, they remain rooted in simply a utilitarian friendship or a friendship based on pleasure, and those don't usually last until death do us part. It's also the reason, one of the reasons why contraception in our Catholic marriages is not allowed. Because when a couple chooses contraception, it becomes, it can become about themselves. The gift of children is what am I willing to give up? Because every one of you that has children knows how much you have to give of yourself for their good. And a contraceptive mentality that creeps in is I will have as many children as I think I'm capable of looking after. Instead of, I will have as many children as God desires to gift us with for the sake of our good and their good and our common goal of life with God. Now, it's a much more complicated question than that. But this is why we have this ideal and this 
understanding of what we're living for. Because we're striving for great relationships, not just good relationships where we can just kind of get along. We're looking for the flourishing of relationships. And ultimately, for us, obviously, it starts with our relationship with God. The question we can ask ourselves is, what am I willing to give up for the sake of my relationship with God? How much am I willing to change for the sake of growing in deeper love with God? Because if we're honest with ourselves, we give up some, but we probably don't give up enough. And we've probably changed some, but sometimes in life we get a little bit comfortable where we're at, kind of creating a nest in our life where we've got all the things in their right place and that feels good and change is hard. Jesus is trying to lead us to these great relationships. And he's telling us to remember that in order for that to be possible, we need to be striving for the same goal, for the same good, which is God. And in order to do that, we have to reflect on what am I willing to give up and how much am I willing to change. And in that, we find relationships that flourish. It's a lofty goal. It is a high calling of what human relationships are intended to be, which is why marriage is such a hard thing, which is why it's so beautiful when we, this week, I celebrated with a couple in Fort Saskatchewan their 60th wedding anniversary, because they become then an image of what is possible even when it's hard to do. So, today, reflect on, bring to prayer. Is my goal really life with God? And then, how much am I willing to give up? And how much am I willing to change?